Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the stillness of this evening hour, we find ourselves together in this place to worship you. We find ourselves together in this place, Lord, to examine ourselves. No, Lord, we want to ask you to examine us this evening. Lord, it is good, and it has been good to spend these days away from our earthly cares and concerns, away from all the things that distract us, and to spend more time than usual, perhaps, in your word and around your people. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had. Help us not to take for granted this incredible blessing that we have. And we ask that you bless all those that for many years have made Eastern Camp happen. Lord, as we look into your word this evening, we ask that you would be the one to speak, not the one that stands in front. Lord, we are asking your spirit to speak to each one that is here this evening. We need you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. With God's help for this evening's meditation, I would like to read Psalm number 139. Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou possessest my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. My sustenance is not hid from, was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned 
when as yet there was none of them. How precious are also thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, and see, excuse me, if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I've said to a, a few brothers and sisters in the, in the past few days, I, I noticed in the last number of years uh, that as the brothers that were up here to preach the word, um, I noticed that they, they also picked some, some brothers that perhaps weren't uh, the powerful, dynamic brothers that we're gifted with. Some of the elder brothers are, are very gifted and we all appreciate hearing them. I noticed that they're also picking some sort of average brothers, if I can use that term. That doesn't feel quite right, but you know what I mean. I thought that was great until uh, I was tapped on the shoulder and suddenly I wasn't so sure that was such a great idea. But, you know, in the last few weeks since that tap on my shoulder, I can totally relate with, relate with Brother Eric Weingartner who said, God's been telling him it's not about you. Those exact words were ringing through my ears over the last few weeks. And, and on Sunday night when he said, there's, there's one phrase that God has been telling me before he said that phrase, that's what popped into my head. You know, and as he went through that sermon on Sunday night and talked about how it's not about him, uh, I've realized um, more and more as, as I thought about that, that that is so true. You know, as, as you look at life and, and what we do in life, I realize that I have the privilege to serve. I have the privilege to serve. I have the privilege to serve as an employee. I have the privilege to serve as a husband. I have the privilege to serve as a father. I have the privilege to serve as a child of God. And I have a privilege to serve this evening. Yes, sometimes there's sacrifice involved, and as we had the forum the other day about, you know, is it, is it right to do right for the wrong reasons? You know, we don't always, uh, we're not always excited when it comes to serve, but it's the right thing to do. And the blessings that we have for serving are out of this world. They're out of this world. Tonight, there's one thing I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you that you're not going to learn anything new. I can guarantee that. But my hope and prayer is that the Spirit can teach you some things about yourself and that he can teach me about myself. You see, I'm not preaching this sermon to you as much as I'm preaching it to myself because as I went through this and thought and prayed about this over the last while, I really had to stop and think and 
realize that this is speaking to me first. You know, this whole week, we've been having wonderful discussions in classes about being holy. This evening, I want to change directions a little bit. With God's help, I want God to speak to you and God to speak to me about where I am on this path. Where are you on this path tonight? You see, these are um, not questions that any of us can answer for the person beside us. I'm not even so sure I can answer them about myself. But I know that the Spirit of God, who knows us intimately, can answer them to us individually. The other night, the brother held up his Bible, and he said, this word can change you from the inside and the outside. And we would probably all nod and agree completely. Tonight, I want to ask all of us to ask God to tell us and to show us if it really has or where we can do better. Psalm 139 that we read together is very familiar. Talks about David asking God to examine his heart and, and, and shine his light in it. The first few verses we read said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my paths. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Let's open up our hearts tonight. Not so much to what I'm saying, because I'm not really going to tell you much tonight. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Questions that I don't have the answers to. Questions that the Spirit of God has the answers to. And my prayer is that tonight he would reveal that to each one that is here this evening. The other night the brother said, are we just talking or are we doing as well? Are we just talking or are we doing as well? You know, it's not wrong to talk. It's good. It's good to have these discussions as we come to camp and other discussions and we, we wrestle to understand the scriptures and how it applies to us. <clears throat> this afternoon, I want to challenge each of us to look into our hearts and ask the Spirit to shine in our hearts and tell us if we're just talking or if we're doing as well. Or maybe it's not all one or the other. Maybe we can do more of one. A phrase that I love is the question that are you a a river or a reservoir? Am I a river or a reservoir? Brother back in Ancaster once said, you know, sometimes we come to church and we're like sponges and, you know, you start feeling warm and fuzzy. We're learning lots. He said, the problem is sometimes we have to leave here and be squeezed a bit. Let some of it come back out. And I have never forgotten that visual in my mind. That with God's help, and it's, you know, it's not always comfortable to be squeezed, but with God's help, let's ask. Let's look at our lives and see what comes out when we're squeezed a little bit. The world we live in is a darker place than ever before. 
John 8, verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I think we would all agree that the world we live in is dark and getting darker when we see the the laws that are passed, when we see what they're teaching our children in school as normal, when we see their, what was that statistic, a third of of young people are questioning even their, their identity, their sexual identity. I mean, a generation ago, who would have ever thought that would be the case, especially in that large of a number? But they're being taught That's a question you need to answer for yourself. If we agree that the world is a dark place, and if we agree that Jesus is the light, the question I want to ask myself tonight, and the question I want you to ask yourself and answer for yourself is, do I stand out? Do I stand out? Do I stand out or do I blend in? You know, and of course, Right away, we think about the obvious things of how we look and dress and and all that other stuff, and that may be a part of it, but that's not the part I want to focus on with God's help tonight. Do I and do you stand out in this sin-darkened world that we live in? Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 24 says, If so be, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man after which God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Does that statement apply to you? The question is, does that statement apply to me? This evening, if you're here and you haven't given your life to the Lord, this message is for you too, but I want to caution you before I carry on. We serve the most amazing God. And if you you look at some of the things that I'm going to talk about with God's help and you make a checklist, there's a really good chance that you can check a lot of those boxes. So can I. But unless you give your life to the Lord Jesus, you're just a nice person. And that's wonderful and we appreciate that. But there's more to it. There's more to it. There's no time like the present to give your life to the Lord. And as as we talk about holiness and we talked in class, I'm sure all of you did in different ways about how we... We are, the world especially looks at that as, as, a, as a negative thing. I want to encourage you all, especially if you haven't given your life to the Lord, that serving God is a privilege. There is sacrifice, but it's not hard. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We serve the God who describes himself as love, We have the greatest thing in the whole world. Over and over, I personally experience God's love through many of you. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me today and, and, and reassured me that they were praying for me. I can't tell you how many text messages and emails I've got from both people here and all over the place, knowing full well that 
This is way outside of my comfort box. Knowing full well that Chris needs some help, you know, that's not a bad place to be outside of our comfort box. In a completely vulnerable place where, you know, the other day I had an experience that wasn't so good, I thought, and Satan beat me up with it. And of course, you have that emotional roller coaster, and, and you think, you know, if I couldn't do this little thing, how are you supposed to get up and have a sermon in front of a, a large group of people? That's the best place to be. You know, just in case there was any doubt in my mind that I was going to get up here and say anything worthwhile, God allowed me to go through this trough. And no matter what anybody could say, and I appreciate all the positive comments, at the end of the day, it had to be God that was going to reassure me and help tonight. Over and over, I experienced the love of God. We had a forum today where people that have become members of our church shared how they came to our group and how the love that they felt was one of those things that helped to draw them in. You know, it comes right down to those new people that walk into the door and how do we treat them to when I walked in the back with my family tonight, my brother took the children and said, let me take care of them for now and went off with them to help. It doesn't have to be earth-shattering, huge things we do for each other. Everyday little things mean a lot. And we heard that in the testimonies this morning. So tonight, if you're unconverted, I want to caution you to be careful, not just to focus on doing some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. I want you to focus on putting first first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible says these things that we do are simply an overflowing of who we are. You can check them. That's sometimes not that hard. We might have a hard time doing it consistently, but it's not that hard to check off the boxes. For those of us who have given our life to the Lord, and we look, you know, there's several places in the Bible where there's lists of, of sins uh, that we should stay away from or things that we should stay away from, and there's lists of good things. I think we do a pretty good job of going through those, and, you know, I can read through those and go check, check. Mm, I've got to work on that one a bit. Check, check. I think we do pretty good at the obvious outside things. We don't steal, cheat, lie, and some of those obvious things and the sins that we see around us. But tonight I want to ask God to open each of our hearts to things that are a little bit more under the surface. Dig a little deeper. Open a few doors that might be a little painful. The intent of the questions is to open a little door into, the heart, into your heart and let God speak to us. God put some thoughts into my mind of some, some, some windows that we can look into our hearts, that I can see into my heart and see what's really there. See, because it's not that hard sometimes to, you know, especially when we're around believers here at camp, it's not hard to look the part, even to act the part and say the right things. But I want us to ask a little deeper, what's inside? Into some areas of our life that maybe only we know 
what goes on. You know, one of those external things that I think we can look at, and I find it interesting that there was, a, there was I think, a forum today on uh, using our money wisely. We had one last year. I didn't bother looking back to see if this is a reoccurring theme. You know, and we, we don't really want to talk about money sometimes. But I want us to think and ask God to, to tell us, are we, are we making the most of what God has given us? You know, I wonder what the brothers that come here from Papua New Guinea and Ghana and places think when they see us and they see our societies. You know, sure, we give. Well, we give of our abundance. I don't know about you, but I haven't often given to the point where I couldn't buy what I was going to buy anyway. Have you? When I give, how do I feel about that? Can I do it with a joyful heart? Do I really look at it like it's all God's? Or do I look at it like I'm giving away something that's mine? Do I look at it like to give away 10% or whatever number you might have come up with? Or do I look at it like I'm keeping 90%? How much stuff do we need? I love every year and don't get me wrong, I'm no different. But I love every year when we get to camp and you see all those minivans down there unloading. Like how much stuff do people need for a week? But it's all necessary, right? But my question is, are we consuming it all upon our own selves, upon our own lusts, the word uses? All those bills that I have to pay, that I have to work the overtime and go for that promotion, which I know is going to suck energy time out of me and my family. Yeah, I got all those bills, but you know I created every one of them by myself. Every one. Could it be? Could it be that I focus a little bit too much on myself? Could it be that God has blessed me with abundance so that my abundance could be a supply for other people's want? And there's equality, the word says. Could it be that I am like a courier that's going from A to B, and by the time I get to where I'm going, it's all gone? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. What about time? What about time? It's 24 hours in a day. What do I do with it? What do you do with all your time? How much of it do I spend on me? How much do I spend on others? And how much do I spend on spiritual pursuits? You know, as I go through all these, I, I, I can't help but think that I need to qualify this, that, you know, they're not separate boxes necessarily. We were reminded in our class today, a lot of things in our life, they overlap. They certainly do. But do I make a conscious effort while I'm doing some of the things that I need to do to make sure there's a piece of God in that? Time is, 
at least to me, is probably the most valuable resource I have. I would much rather give you $50 than four hours of my time because there's a way I can make more money often. There's a way I can, I can spend less, but my time is fixed and your time is fixed. Are we making the most of it? Testimonies we heard this morning about people that, that came in from outside of our church all talked about how people gave up their time in different capacities, whatever that might be. And, you know, I'm too busy a lot of the time. I went to a time management course not so long ago, and um, the lady said something I'll never forget. She said, You know when you say you're too busy? The translation of that is, you're not important. And the more you think about it, it's true. If I'm too busy for something, all it means is something else is more important. So I want to ask you to open up your hearts tonight. Ask God, ask the Spirit to show you, are you making best use of your time? You know, we don't know how much of it we have. Things can change like that. Always it's easy to think, oh, when I get to this point in life, I'll I'll have more time or that point. Use every minute to the fullest extent that God can give you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What about my attitude? What about your attitude? How do I see myself? How do I see myself compared to other people? Who who are you? Who are you? Who am I? When I look at other people, When you look at other people, do you see them as needing you? Or do you see them, do you see you as needing them? Do you see them as needing you or you needing them? I hope it's neither one of those in extremes, but a healthy balance of the two. I love how the brother got up here the other night and he said, I need you and you need me. Amen. Amen. Satan wants me to think, I think, one of two extremes. He wants me to think either too little of myself or too much of myself. Too little of myself or too much of myself. Not a happy balance between those two. And if, if tonight you're here and you're struggling with thinking too little of yourself, I want to encourage you to remember that mankind is God's crowning creation. God made you just the way you are for a very specific reason. He has a very specific purpose in mind. You know, he doesn't, he didn't create us and well, we'll see what happens. There was no chance here. You know, when I, I like building things, but a lot of times when I start building something, I I don't really understand how this is all gonna work out. 
You just kind of get started and, and figure it out as you go. And when you're done, there's usually a few uh, inefficiencies. There's a few things that don't work out quite the way I wanted. I wish I had done this a little different or that a little different. But God doesn't work that way at all. There was no mistakes. There's no accidents. There was no whoops anywhere, anytime, with anyone. What an encouragement to know that the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God that when you go out at night and you look in the sky and you see the stars and the moon, or if you're gifted enough to look through a microscope and have any clue to know what you're looking at, that God that created both of those extremes cares about me and he cares about you as individuals. That is incredible. That's humbling. A lot of us, though, struggle with the other end of that equation. We start to think a little bit too much of ourselves. Confession time. I struggle with that sometimes. Could it be possible that somehow I start to think that the gifts that God has given me have something to do with me? Could it be possible that I'm starting to think that I can add something to what God is doing personally? Could it be that I have forgotten that everything and anything I can possibly do, he gave me the abilities and the gifts to do? You know, that could be anything. It could be anything. Whether you can help somebody fix something in their house, or you can fix a computer, or you can help somebody understand the scriptures. Could it be that we could even possibly start to think that we have a gift to understand the scriptures better than our brother or sister? It's the Spirit that blesses us. Maybe you find yourself in a leadership position. How do you see yourself? Do you think maybe I'm a little better than the next person just because I'm in charge? Let me tell you, being in charge isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's responsibility. But could it be that somehow I started to think that I was better than the next person. That's why I'm their boss or, or have some sort of leadership position over them. God forbid. God forbid. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Really? Not, the, not that outward branding that we do. You know, in advertising, branding is everything. You don't mess with a company's brand. They want people to recognize it without words, without letters, the colors, the shapes, whatever it is. You know, we all, there's certain brands, you don't need to know any. You see certain colors and right away you think of it. I'm not talking about the brand of Chris and the the sanitized version that you see when you see me. Let's ask God to show us the real version, the real deal the authentic Chris, the authentic whatever your name is. To, to see ourselves as he sees us. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We spent a lot of time in the word this week. And it's good. The question I want us to ask ourselves is how much time do we spend in the Word every other day of the week? 
when we're not here. I don't know about you, but my day is pretty busy. All the minutes seem to be used up. And if something has to give, I confess, spending time in his word is just seems just so easy to put in there. Brothers and sisters, it is the most powerful thing that we can read. Do we believe the power in the word? Do you believe the power that is in the word of God, the sword of the spirit? How many of us, some days, feel like spending time in the word is one of those check boxes? You know, we know we should. Kind of feel guilty if we don't. So we try to squeeze it in there somewhere to ease our, ease our conscience. And I'm not saying we shouldn't make it deliberate. I'm not saying we shouldn't do whatever it takes to help us to keep on schedule and, and, and find time and make time. But I want to ask us to go a little deeper than that and look at my attitude in reading the word and the value that I place in that time. You see, if I really thought it was that important, it wouldn't be the first thing I stopped doing when that day got too busy or cut it short or whatever it may be. Do I believe the word? All of it. Even the parts that I can't get my head around and that I don't understand. Can I honestly say if God said it, that settles it? You see, our society we live in has taught us that we have to understand everything. Figure it out. Well, that's, that's, that's fine, but I submit that there are plenty parts of the word that I don't know about you, but I certainly cannot figure out. And my question to myself and to all of us, sometimes, and I feel awkward even saying this, but sometimes do we spend more time trying to figure it out than just doing the parts we know? Do I believe the power that is contained in the word of God? Do I exercise it as the story that we heard last night? Sharpen it, use it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Open up our hearts, Lord. How much time do we spend in prayer? We heard this week again about brothers spending lots of time in prayer to the point where, you know, ask, what can you pray about for that much time? How much time do I pray? How often do I pray? You know, the Bible says pray continuously. Do I have that attitude? Think, ask yourself, go back in your memory. In the last, maybe not this week, let's, let's make it a little more real. Let's go back to the last week at work. How many times during the day did you think to talk to God? not just when we're stuck up against the wall, but as we saw something that we marveled at and we said, wow, that's amazing. Did we think our Heavenly Father made it? Praise Him. What do I pray about? What do you pray about? What is that upper limit of what I can ask God for? Let me make this real. The other night when the brother was up here and he said somebody was raised from the dead, because they prayed over him. How many of us were at least a little bit uncomfortable with that statement? I was. I'm ashamed to say so, I was. 
There's no limit to what God can do, and yes, we may not see that every day, and yes, those may be exceptions, but what is the upper limit of what you're willing to ask God for? Where's that point where, why do we feel uncomfortable with that? Why did we feel uncomfortable at that moment, some of us? Could it be that Satan is putting doubts in our minds, holding us back? We can do better, brethren. I can do better. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. and See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What is my focus on? What do I spend my time thinking about? What do you spend your time thinking about? When you have a quiet moment, and I don't mean this week at camp, when hopefully we've had some time to, to kind of remove ourselves a little bit from the world. When you're at work and you're having your lunch and you have some time and your mind wanders, how often does it wander to the word of God? How often does it wander to what God has in store for me to do? How often does it wander to spiritual things? Or is my mind so wrapped up in the world and my job and my family and my hobbies and my travel plans, my you name it. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you that starting from me, I'm too wrapped up in this world. My focus is not on spiritual things. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in what my mind thinks about when I have nothing to think about. Can I disconnect from the world? Can you disconnect from the world? Is it possible? Let's ask ourselves, how many of us have checked the news this week? How many of us have checked Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you, whatever you check? I submit to you, if we could not spend this week separated from the world and all that goes on, I submit I have a problem. And I submit you have a problem that perhaps we haven't let the word of God change us as completely as we maybe think he has. Maybe as completely as we have allowed Satan to convince us that he has. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This morning in our class, we were, reminded, we were told a statement that I hadn't heard before, but I know I will never forget. We were reminded that we are human beings, not human doings. It's not about doing these things, like I started by saying. If we focus on just the to-do list, for the most part, we can do it. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about at all. It's about being holy. It's about being who God wants us to be. If we are who God wants us to be, we will do what he wants us to do. We will think things that he wants us to think. We will look like he wants us to look. The question that with God's help I need to answer for me and you need to answer for you, is 
Am I being who God wants me to be? The doing part is secondary, but I think the doing part gives us a little vision into our hearts. Are you being who God wants you to be? Amen. Gracious, loving Father, the one who has made us, the one who has made all things that we can see and those things that we cannot see, the creator of the universe, and yet in all thy might and all thy power, Father, you have time for each one of us. As we have heard this evening, that there is no place that we can go to hide from Thee. Scriptures tell us that all things are open and naked to Him with whom we have to do. And Heavenly Father, however that makes us feel this evening to know that our lives are revealed before Thee, whether we find comfort in knowing that wherever we are, we are not, cannot be separated from thee, or whether it makes us very uncomfortable to know that we cannot hide from thee. Father, we pray, work in our hearts. If it does make us uncomfortable to know that you can see everything that is in us, our very thoughts, and intense, as we have heard. Work in our hearts, Lord. Draw us unto thee. Help us to see, even as we heard this evening, that serving thee is a privilege. Heavenly Father, look into our hearts, look into our lives, even as the psalmist said that we have read this evening, try us and see if there be any wicked way in me. And Father, whatever you reveal to us, let us not flee from that. Thy Son said that this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Shine that light into our lives, Father. Search us, reveal to us the things that have to change. Father, that thy holiness could be perfected in us. Father, that we could seek evermore to please you, not ourselves. Father, be with us. Open our eyes and our hearts to hear what you want to say to us, those things that you will reveal to us about ourselves. And Father, give us what we need to make the changes that we need to make. Provide for us these things. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.